all of you wives. We men, we ask a lot. We ask for strength, food at home, a house clean, and discretion above all else. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. Hello. What was that? That was terrifying. They're shallow. It's like first segment of the squeeze, the sea monsters. That's how they would answer it to the shell phone. Shallow. The way you did it sounded like some kind of like whale mating call or something. Shallow. I, you know, I used to think that song, Save the Whale, Save the Whale, Save the Sail Away, by the way. It's not. Yeah, it's not Save oh, the yeah. Whales. I by thought it was, it was some Enya activist song about saving the whales. Yes, it was like, Orinoco I Flow. I thought Kirk and, and Spock took care of that in one of the Star Trek movies. I'm sure they did. Good Lord. Um, this week... With some Enya. We're all over the map here. This week, we're discussing, I don't know what it is, a psychological thriller, Don't Worry Darling, starring Florence Pugh, Chris Pine, Harry Styles, and others. Each and week... And all the rest. And all the rest. <laughs> Each week on the podcast that wouldn't die, we discuss guilty pleasures and forgotten classics of the horror and sci-fi genre with a comedic twist. Good times. Aaron, how are you doing? Now, I went to the movies this weekend. Do you know what I saw? What'd you see? Oh my God. Black Adam, man. I saw that last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my choice, but when it's your son's like birthday weekend, you have to just kind of go with it. I wasn't sure what was going to be worse. It was either that or Black Adam. It was all black everything. And why is it called Black Adam? Because he's evil. Originally, the character was conceived as an evil character. Is that character. correct? So everything black, Blackula, is he more evil than Dracula because it's black? I, I think it's that's a wash. It's very problematic. <laughs> who's going to believe The Rock is all bad? Everybody loves The Rock. He's the new Schwarzenegger. I, I agree. I agree. No question. No question at all. And which is his body? Skinny Rock or Super Beef Rock? Giant giant muscular rock is the real rock, but I was laughing that even like smaller rock was still pretty cut. He was still cut and his butt was still a bubble. So exactly. He wasn't emaciated, you know, rock or pot-bellied rock. It was still like slightly less buff, but yet still buff rock is basically what it was. He was he was naked basically, yes. except for a loincloth versus a. So you saw that basically it was not an ounce of fat. Even his back was you could like if he sprained yes. a muscle, you'd be able to see the sprain. Yes, <laughs> see the muscle twitching underneath it the was skin. Just yes, sinew and bone. That is correct. <laughs> Sweet Jesus, I had a ridiculous Harry Styles filled weekend because I watched. I watched Don't Worry Darling at your request. And then the next day, my wife is like, you know what? That movie kind of sucked. The one I really wanted to see was My Policeman. So we tuned in to watch My Policeman the next day. And I told you this, thinking it was going to be a light romantic period piece. It is not. It is a horribly depressing gay uh, bonanza. If you if you like if you like gay sex, is there Haas? What do you mean is a gay but not like Haas and Little Will, whatever the hell? Name of all the characters. I didn't know what you were talking about. Yeah, okay. Bonanza oh, with with Haas. It's little little Joe, Adam, and of course Ben Cartwright, the patriarch. There were a lot of men on that on that plantation. It was the plantation. That was the original Brokeback 
that. But that would be you're you're leading more into uh, flowers in the attic of the old west, I guess. You're t- <laughs> they all are deeply related. This is true. This is true. Anyway, are, are they Targaryens? Well, and here's the other, I thought my policeman was like like critically acclaimed. It's got forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes as well. So it was both yeah. barrels of <laughs> crapaloni. But Grace and all her friends rated one hundred percent classic. Which they it's said, not. A... Can we have some more sperm, please? Which yeah, Grace recommended it, and I realized this is not a movie she should have been watching. She's not old enough to be watching full full penetrative gay sex for two hours. <laughs> are you sure this is about queer as folk, and, and or even just slipped into because I'm kind of a super cinemax? It was. It was something. It was something. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway. You know where I get the the too much sperm from. Yeah, that's from Call Me By Your Name. This is our mother's review of Call Me By Your Name. Oh, Aaron. There was just so much sperm. So much semen. Semen. It was everywhere. (laughs) It was. (laughs) She's not wrong. She was not wrong. Sweet Jesus. (laughs) Moving on. No, no, no. I, I, I've look. If you watch these movies, Brokeback Mountain. If you watch My Policeman, the the biggest issue with these films is not the nonstop gay loving. It is they're so horribly depressing. They are awful, depressing movies. Where after just like, I, I feel spent. Because it's too depressing to sit through this movie. Apparently, like they, they were a little spent. They were spent for an entirely different reason. (laughs) Anyway, give us your 30-second synopsis, please. Synopsis. I don't even need 30 seconds. It is, in fact, Step for Wives meets The Matrix. Boom. Set in Palm Springs. I mean... You have to say the sets, the scenery, it's so mid-century Palm Springs porn. It is fantastic. That's the best part of the movie. I mean, watching this the movie. Set, the costumes. It, does it make it a little nostalgic for the Springies? Oh, no question. No question. Yeah, we grew up in Palm Springs, and this movie was absolutely mid-century modern, up the yin-yang, Palm Springs oh, yeah. at its finest. So you can see, like, this is Frank Sinatra and Bing Crosby, you know, spending their weekends in, in, in Palm Springs, basically, is what we're talking about. Well, and then there was that the famous picture of the uh, at the Kaufman house with Mom's old friend, Links, and they <laughs> shot part of the film there, too. They did. They did. But, I mean, sitting here watching this movie, now, we knew it had gotten lousy reviews, and we hesitated yeah. even discussing it. Uh, but it's like, it is basically, like you said, a full-fledged ripoff of Stepford Wives. I mean, it's like, you think, I mean, maybe, you know, our memories are longer than others, but it's just like, really? This, this is not an, a new idea. It's kind of an old idea with like a different coat of paint on it. In a way, with, with with just the twist that this is actually all in the Matrix, basically. But I didn't I didn't know end, that. It's really not treading on any new territory. It's women need to snap into line. Uh, anything out of the ordinary is discouraged, and it's a suffocating existence. Right. And, and in case you don't get that, she's literally suffocating at, at some point. Right there, you know, the metaphor was smacking you in the head multiple it was times. Smacking you in the head, in case you, in case you weren't sure. And you weren't wh- sure. Which, which is not necessarily fair, because I I know people who, you know, that that's their jam: taking care of the house, taking care of the kids. Right. You know, all of this is important to them. It's not not my jam, but it doesn't mean that. Uh, it's not an acceptable life. It's different strokes for different folks. You're absolutely right. It's like there are people where, you know, this is what they always wanted. You know what yeah, I mean? It was the domestic lifestyle. Some people's dreams. Absolutely. I'm I'm rocking home. I'm doing my own thing. My my husband is off at work, bringing in the cash. I don't have to worry about that. My time is my own. Right. 
basically. But the, the problem is they're just not really bringing anything new. I mean, even with with the Matrix twist, it's really just saying the same things. Well, the guys get right. away with bullshit and uh, are forcing women into this kind of a lifestyle right. to make things easier for them. They try to do a little twist where it's like, oh my God, I read, read the most asinine thing that Olivia Wilde was like, in this movie, only the women have orgasms. I was like... Is that what that was that all like, about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is, is that make it better? Okay, I'm, I'm trapped, and, and uh, my, my husband's going to go down on me, and I'm going to take all the food that I cooked and throw it on the floor. And throw it on the floor. <laughs> I'll be like, "Get away from me! I'm going to kick you in the head. You think you're knocking over that food? I spent the whole day cooking this shit. <laughs> the the pot Let's roast is hitting the, the carpet. Yes. Do uh, you mind? <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, neither one of us, obviously, it was it's a newish movie. Neither one of us saw this uh, in the theater. We waited. I almost saw it in the theater, and then I realized that it, it, they've been advertising for so much. I kept thinking, well, this week I'll go see. Oh, no, it's not playing this week yet either. That's how I ended up seeing Barbarian first. Right. Because I actually was, went to go see this, and it was, still wasn't playing here yet. So we, we waited till it was on HBO Max, essentially. And even then, it wasn't real high. Yeah, it got there awful fast. They did. Now, there's there's all sorts of behind-the-scenes drama, which we will talk about at some point. Oh, yes, we will. But it's what's interesting about this is, have you seen the original Stepford Wives lately? I've seen... Both versions. There's been two. I've seen there. Well, there was right? there was the comedy version with uh, Nicole Kidman. Uh, I guess it wasn't exactly a comedy. It was more. It was more comedic. With Kathy Bates, <laughs> Glenn Close, like, and Christopher Glenn Walken. Close. Yeah. And the original version is very dark with Catherine Ross, and yeah. uh, who else is in that? Um, oh no, the original one's much better than Nicole Kidman. They keep trying to like, you, if you're gonna redo it, you gotta bring something new. Oh, I you absolutely can't be just you redo it. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's Catherine Ross from Butch Cassidy. There's like Paula Prentice and Tina Louise, Ginger from Gilligan's Island is in the original version. Uh huh. And she's the one that breaks. No, she. That's a different. That's a different one. Um, but it's All that right. thing where it's like essentially. You've got these kind of, I mean, I don't want to use the vernacular, but the beta males who are married to highly successful women, like, right. like really successful. Like, I think at one point, like one of them's like a judge or something like that. And what they do over the course of this movie is reduce them to being kind of the, the fantasy uh, trophy wife where they do all the cooking and cleaning and are like playmates. Essentially, look right. like like they have no opinions because they don't right. want them to have opinions. They don't want them to be smarter than them. Right. Yeah. And then they all turn their wives in. How did these women decide to marry these guys to begin with? Right. But in the end, they all are pressured to turn in their wives because they don't want to give up their jobs. In the end, men are choosing their jobs over. But um, but it's more than that. It is more than that. It's like I I am the head of the household. And I need to make sure that my wife is, again, the trophy who is subservient to me in, in a way. And it, it's an invasion of the body snatcher situation because it's like that thing where it's like, well, this is weird. I'm talking to my neighbor. We both are noticing things are weird. And then the next day, my neighbor is now different kind right. of thing. Um, and in the end of that movie, spoiler alert, we may do it at, at some point. It's Catherine Ross is the last one left. Right. And she goes into a room and essentially, I think it's like robots or something. Essentially their wives are being replaced by robots that look like them, except they have bigger boobs, thinner waists, and right. can cook a pot roast in 20 seconds or whatever. Um, and she, it's like they, the, the main couples always have a good relationship when they roll in. Yes. And, and then they start separating by the end, right before she gets a change in, it's like her husband works all day and then goes to the club. Yes. Yes. That's... It's like, they're not even, 
I don't know. Is this some kind of secret homosexual thing? I mean, you don't go to the Elks Club every night if you're an elk, right? Well, it, well, and the, here's the, the thing about it. It, it. The book was written by Ira Levin, who's, who also wrote Rosemary's Baby. So it's that same right. kind of thing where it's like your husband, who's supposed to, you know, be on your side, it, is in on it, has turned against right. you. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, in the end, Catherine Ross is replaced and that's how it ends. Like, it's not a, it is not a happy ending. It's like, gee, yeah, bye bye, Catherine Ross. Spoiler alert. Um and it's it's dark. I mean, it's such a horrible when it comes down to it that whatever you're as a woman, any of your accomplishments, anything about your personality, your sense of humor, in the end, just didn't matter. Right. Well, and that's kind of what you this just, is. You just had to have big boobs, a small weight, a tight snatch, and <laughs> dinner on the table. They didn't mention that one thing, but yeah, I mean that could be <laughs> that could be on the, the menu as well. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, you're just like a Jack Japanese sex robot. Basically. Ten years in the future now. Basically. And, yeah. and you see that in this movie as well, where it's revealed that she was like a doctor, like a respected right. trauma surgeon or something along those lines. And of course, Harry Styles is like a st stringy haired, like losery dude oh. who's been lost his job again. That was the funniest. Well, the it just sits there listening to internet news. You can hear the boss. Yes. It's all internet QAnon bullshit. It is. And then he tries to spin it. He's the king of the gaslighters. Tries to spin it like it did all this for you. Right. When reality is, if he wasn't going to do it, he, he was about to get his ass kicked out the door. I wondered if they had already been broken up. Was was the thing because he's filling he's filling out the application. This is all a grand reveal, you know, an yeah. hour and forty five minutes into the movie, where he's like filling out his application, and it's like he, you assume this kind of avatar in the virtual world and stuff. So it's like he's an American in the real world, but now he wants to be British in this <laughs> in this fake world. But it's literally one of the questions was like. Did you do you have a prior relationship with the girl that's going to be your wife in this virtual world? So conceivably, it could just be like, yeah, I don't know her. She's a hot chick that works in my office. And I kidnapped her. Yes. I didn't see that part. Yes. They don't say that, but it's just, do you have a prior relationship with that person? And he he checked yes, because it was uh, his current girlfriend or wife or whatever the case may be but I, I think it's still current because she's picking up extra shifts because he's not working it's okay baby it's okay baby but she's working more and more and more and he's not even like microwaving the the swanson's hungry man <laughs> dinner for her i didn't know what you'd want she's like i've been on a 36 hour sh shift i'm just gonna go to bed he's like it's like cuddle time she's like F Oh, closes the door. It was it was so You've been awful. masturbating to internet radio for like thirty six hours, and you couldn't put a, a, a potato in the microwave. You couldn't put a potato in the microwave, and honey, you got you got to throw me a little something for the effort on your way for the effort. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't know what you wanted. Oh, the back of my hand is what you're going to get. Okay, we're kind of all over the place. Let's let's just jump right in. Uh, with our notes, what what do you? Why don't you go first? What you got? Don't drink enough. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> and we play another round of what are these crazy scrivers? Oh, go ahead. I, I, <laughs> I Can you decipher this for are. me, Kevin? And the answer is no. Oh my god! Oh my god! Well, it's because it's like Mad Men. That's what the note relates to. Where people are having eight or nine cocktails and they're just giddy. I would have been projectile vomiting and like, well, you know, after the first hour. Well, in the 50s, did people have kind of dinner parties like that? Where we're all just well, annihilated. Five o'clock cocktail. cocktail. Would, would they invite over th three other couples and it would just be, we're all annihilated and laughing and balance the tray on your head, honey, while we laugh. And... 
Is that what happened? I, I believe I believe that was true. I believe <laughs> TV has taught me that that is true. Interesting. 150%. Our parents used to have 5 o'clock cocktails, 5 o'clock somewhere. So his dad got home to work, they'd lock us in a room, and they'd each have a cocktail to discuss the day's events. I just think... I don't know what this is. Well, okay. Mom and Dad used to go to these weird parties. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> there was no, they were not going to key parties or any kind of weird swinging. No. They, the, mother was almost, you know, in, enveloped into a key party, but she shut it down. Well, this is news to me. What do you say? What? Where are you for all the tales of early Palm Springs in the 70s? That's the 70s, though. Maybe not in the 50s. Oh, my God. All my 50s knowledge comes from Mad Men. All my 70s knowledge comes from our parents. Well, and you were there, Aaron. You, you were not yeah. born in 1979 or something. You were there, and you were old enough to remember the uh, horrors. Do you think I know what our parents were doing when they are like, we're going to a cocktail party? Do you think I remember? You remember. All I know is, all I can tell you is what I would find in their, their bedside cabinets. Oh, my God. This is and... too much information. You know what? Forget I asked. <laughs> I don't even want to know it's anymore. Not, se not sex toys. Oh my God, are you kidding me? This is our parents. Well, then you're the one spilling all Where? the familial beans. I did find this one of those joke gifts where it's a crocheted like dick holder. Have you seen that? No! It's like supposed to put in your. It's from like the joke stores where it's a crocheted thing in the shape of like a penis and balls. No, and you found this in mom and dad's closet? What are you talking about? Okay, no, we need to move on. Time, I think they, you know, it was the 70s. It was a joke gift. Okay. I don't think... No one's getting aroused by that. No one is tuned in to hear about the inner workings of our family. Let's. Why don't we go back to the movie? Anyway. Sweet okay, write in, kids, if when you went through your parents' drawers searching for God No, do what, not do that, kids. What you, what you I do not want to read that. It's a slide. I just think, this is my theory, and it goes 50s, 60s, 70s for working people. People got married really early and went straight to work. That is true. So, it's like once they... Once they could get a babysitter, once they had two cents to rub together, they did all the partying that we did when we were single and in college. I see. That may be so. That's, I think that's basically it. I think I talked to mom about that, too. That's why, like, in the 70s, there's so much, like, swinging and <laughs> open relationships. Because you've only ever been with the person you were married to. Right. Well, people are getting married right out of high school. Yeah, no, of my friends, all their parents were married at 18, some with a bun in the oven already. Right. It's true. It's a different world. It's a whole new world. Yeah. Um, what I'm realizing here, because I wrote down when were dryers invented, because there were long scenes of Florence Pugh, like hanging, like clotheslines and things like that. But now I realize it's all virtual. So it's all, like... The clothes they're wearing in this scenario, the sheets that they're sleeping in, are all fake. They're not real. So the things like her spending hours doing the laundry or vacuuming the floor or what it's like it's not it's it's like a total time waster because it's not something that she really had to do. Because it's all a virtual so they prog programmed in drudgery. It that's exactly what it is. Good grief. So she was programmed in eight hours a day. But, she's doing this stuff that she didn't have to do. I have lived in many of these houses that uh, older houses that have clothing lines. I mean, yeah. it's expensive. A lot of people just like, right, I bought a house in Long Beach. It was built in the 50s. There was room for a washer. There was no space for the dryer in the kitchen. A lot of people just hung their stuff. And I'm sure it's April fresh. Um, April fresh, especially in LA, just starts turning yellow. Later in the movie, Harry Styles, Florence Pugh's husband, is getting a big promotion at work, and they they give him a ring to wear, and then he goes up on stage and does a crazy dance. 
Do you remember this scene? He was like a, like a puppet. He was like a puppet. It was, it it was Pinocchio's I Got No Strings. Right, that's what it was. I got no strings. It was the most bizarre scene. It's like, what is happening? Why is this? And again, the the biggest problem with this movie is we don't know why she's so upset, really. We just have to take for, for granted that something's wrong. Like she senses something is wrong. Now, going into the movie, you know, you know, you know that this is now all that it appears to be basically. But yeah. you're not seeing any evidence, really, that it's not what it appears to be. You know what I mean? It's like there's the other well, wife I, who's kind of upset, but, and, and <laughs> slices her throat. You don't, And you don't know what that's about. There's always somebody at these things who's had too much to drink. Right. Who is a little too loosey-goosey. But this happens in all the Stepford movies. And then that kind of causes our main character to start recognizing some things. And then there's all these long kind of deja vu or triggered memories and, and things start cracking. Well, and, and I think that's what we're supposed to take from this. Like, cause she's basically hallucinating, which is weird that you'd be hallucinating in the virtual world. But there's a lot of like her. So you don't know if on some level you're like, is she just crazy? But we know that she's not crazy because we know otherwise what's the movie, right? If it's just, right. <laughs> unless that, that could have been a twist, I guess, right? But this could have been an asylum, right? Could have been something. Uh, so while Harry Styles asylum. is doing the Pinocchio dance on stage, she's like freaking out in the bathroom, essentially. Like, she feels sick. She's, she's, is she pregnant? I can't remember. She's not, she's not she's pregnant. Supposed- uh, but there's a scene where he's like, honey, let's get pregnant. That's a distraction because you're paying too much attention to this other stuff. If we make a pretend baby, then your focus will be there. Well, and they have a friend who's literally, they say, she's always pregnant. So there's the friend right. who's just always pregnant, never a baby. Just like her, her neighbor, Bunny, has two kids that are just always that age, I guess we're supposed to think, right? Right. So well, the, the grand reveal is that person. I think she's the one. How, how does she know? Right. They didn't That's tell us. Bunny. Yeah. Her neighbor, Bunny, but, Olivia Wilde is like, I knew it all along because my kids died in the real world. So now I live here to spend time with my, <laughs> with my false children, essentially. With my false children. Yeah. It just seems so boring. It just seems so boring. What a boring world. Well, because they can't go anywhere. They can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere, which doesn't make sense. Right. Because it's all virtual reality anyway. You can't go anywhere. And how many... No one goes out to dinner. Right. I mean, you shop. You're always together with these ladies. Right. You can't go beyond a certain area. I mean, how many dresses can you get to wear when? Right. Well, and here's something I was just no, thinking no, about. And none of the women have hobbies. Right. No, because they don't have time for hobbies. Seven days a week, they're doing they have, they're chores. They're busy. Sliding, sliding glass doors need to be wiped all the they time. They do. All the time. That's the thing they don't tell you about sliding glass doors. Um, well, see, I think they don't tell you about having kids. If your husband doesn't get to greet you with oral sex at the door <laughs> when uh, children are running through the house trying to burn it down. <laughs> There's something else I don't tell you. <laughs> Did Harry Styles know when he signed up for virtual reality, it's just going to be like, look, it's going to be nonstop you giving oral sex. So just prepare yourself. That's right. <laughs> Work that job. Work it. Do something. <laughs> Do your exercise. Do your exercise. Uh, what was up with the crazy plane that crashes for seemingly no reason? Who knows? Right. What, what the hell? What's with the earthquakes? What's with What's the that? earthquakes? That's never. Yes, there are earthquakes that happen from time to time. There was a plane, like a like a I don't know World War Two, like uh, plane that crashes. That she. Fo- that no one else. Sees. No one else sees. She follows it, and that's how she discovers the weird building on top of a mountain that reveals things to her. There's a lot of these questions that, that are never explained. What it's all about. Which they could have. Well, it, here's the other thing. It's like, look, 
If you are Harry Styles, Harry Styles, what, like 30, let's just say, you have to live, you know, most of your day back in, in, you know, the fifties. So you can't listen to any, (laughs) any music from like old fifties music that was done from, you know, 75 years ago. I mean, how's this work? I don't know. No explanation. But, but the weird part is in the real world, it's not the fifties. Right. You know, it's not the fifties. They have all decided, you know, obviously the Republicans, because there's always that dream of going back to the fifties, good old cold, The cold good old war, days. The good old days of, uh, you know, black people can't vote and all that. Although there are black people in this world and there are people of color in this world. There's interracial relationships in this world. They're the first people to go. Did you notice that? They followed that truck. <laughs> that was... The one black family, point, yeah, gone. Pretty much. Pretty much. Now... You, you was fired. She, they give her electroshock therapy. In the virtual world, which I get, does it work? If you get virtual electric shocks, do they does that work on your brain the same way? I'm not sure how it works. Well, this is before we realized they were in the Matrix. So I thought, you know, with electroconvulsive therapy, there is some mem- there's some memory loss. right, so which I would like make sense. Just, and this is this is obviously not the first time. Uh, did you get that? No. So you think she's she's gotten the shock a few times? I, I think this has happened before. So they got she got the reboot, or at least had some of the bad parts erased. But as soon as she gets back, trigger. She's triggering. That was so bizarre. It's all it's all so bizarre. The fact that he has a the doctor evil doctor has a briefcase with files. Of the woman, uh, the other, uh, what was her name? The the first woman who flips out. Like the files. Are, again, right. this is all virtual. He wouldn't really need a briefcase that he carries around that would have files in it for her to look at. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. I think it would have been funnier or more weirder if he had the briefcase and she opened it and there was nothing right. in it. Or if it was just like a solid block, like she couldn't even open it because it was just not a real briefcase at all. It was just made out of uh, balsam wood. Well, it's, this is the thing about this movie, as I'm sitting here thinking about it. It almost seems like they didn't know where it was going, which sounds bizarre. Like, you know what I mean? It was like they were just kind of like following it step by step and adding weird stuff, kind of like the TV show Lost where they didn't know where it was going. So they just added all sorts of peculiar, unsettling things. And then later we're like, oh, damn. How are we going to wrap all this up? Now what? Now, <laughs> where you paint yourself into a corner. And you're like, ah, hmm. Because there's things in this movie that don't make sense the moment you realize it was all a virtual simulation. Well, well that's 100% true. And the whole rebooting. Here's a question. Okay. So the men have to leave. Yes. And they go back to reality. Yes. And then do what? They have to work. Call into Alex Jones. They actually have to go well, have jobs. He didn't have a job before. Right. What job? She was, was the it? primary so breadwinner. Yes. She yeah. was a successful she surgeon. She was a doctor, and they were living in a rat hole. So now he's making more than some a doctor that's working like thirty-six hour shifts. Right. Well, and that that was the gooch. Basically, the men all have to leave during the day to basically go make money somehow. I don't know what they're robbing banks um, to pay for the simulation. And the women are all literally chained to their beds with their eyes, you know, pricked open like Clockwork Orange. With some device. In fact, he goes by and puts eye drops in her eyes and like squeezed an old dirty sponge from the sink where he's clearly not cleaning. The house is in decay. It is grotesque. Yes. Oh my God. I hope he's changing her diaper as well because otherwise, what's the story here? Right? Uh, Food. (laughs) 
if she if she wakes up at the end, what's she gonna do? <laughs> because she hasn't used her muscles in God knows God how knows long. how long. She's covered in feces and she's emaciated to the point of of death. Essentially, that that's the the grand reveal. The other thing about it is when she confronts Harry Styles about what has happened, like she now she's remembering everything. Um, and then he he caves immediately. He caves immediately, and then I guess he tries to squeeze her to death. He tries to asphyxiate her by giving her a bear hug or something along those lines. So she. Oh my god! It was. It was well, first of Go all, ahead. he deserved to die because once again he's gaslighting. Yes. Her. Oh, I did this all for you. You. This is for you. You are so stressed at work. Now, you know, your day is spent uh, wiping windows and preparing large meals for me. <laughs> you know, it's, she's like, what the hell are you talking about? I love my job. Right. But you were gone all the time. She's like, yeah. <laughs> Somebody had to work. I love my job, right. you asshole. That's, so, yeah. And then he, he, I don't know, then he's squeezing her. Yeah, what the hell was that? Uh, he, she's like, I can't breathe. Right. And then she popped this cat. She, she grabbed. She takes a Tom Collins gin glass and pops him upside the head, which kills him. And it kills him in the real world because, yes, if I created a virtual reality simulation, I would make it so if you died in the simulation, like it's Freddy Krueger or something, you die in the real world. Why would you possibly have that be a thing? So here's the thing. So if she chose to stay there, she's just going to be laying next to a rotting corpse for the rest of her days until the disease takes over her. What did they say that, and that's why Bunny was like, you have to get away, you have to get out, because they know where you are in the real world, and they will come and kill you, essentially. Uh, because? Because she killed, I don't know, killed her husband. But that's the thing. If she snaps out of this, and wakes up, she's still tight. I guess she can call for help, perhaps. But clearly they're living in some crackish tenement on the edge of town. So who knows who will hear her screams? No one. Yeah, what? He couldn't get a freaking job. But he could afford this simulation and then magically has a job? How about you just have a job? How about we do that? Turn off the QAnon steady stream and get a fucking job. She works at a hospital. They always need randos. <laughs> for for what? Experimentation? Yeah. <laughs> Turn your donate your organs and your blood plasma. Good. They need people to mop up the morgues. They need jackasses to pick pick the buckets. Whatever. It's something better than nothing. I'm not going to a hospital where there are literally just slop buckets in every room. I don't even want to know what that means. I'm out. I'm out. Transfer me to a different wing at least. Get me out of here. And Sell some organs to the on the black market. Please. She could help you with that. Absolutely. Do you have any other I'd thoughts like, or feelings? Oh my god. I I would have to say that it, it it's it, it's not fantastic. Well, I mean, it's entertaining. It has its moments. Well, it's not the worst thing I've seen this year. Well, they, they were, I guess, trying to take that old Stepford Wives thing and try to make it kind of a modern day situation where it is that kind of QAnon incel stuff where it's like these dudes who are basically just <laughs> who are losers. Let's call it what it is. These are dudes that are losers. With very successful, and I'm assuming all the other women are successful and accomplished. Maybe they're not. Maybe it's just they're, they're you know, their spouses or whoever the guys are that their husbands are just assholes, right? I mean, that much we can this agree on. It's a prison. It's a prison to keep their wives. These are. It's a prison to keep their wives from leaving them. And now they're the successful one. And now their wives are bending and scraping for them. Well, but but here's the thing. The, the husbands have to leave this, whatever, idyllic existence and go in the real world every day for eight hours and see, like, a shovel and slop, right? Before they can go back and hang out in the... Don't virtual. they have to anyway? If you had a job, you still have to go to work. That's true. 
It makes so it's really not a good situation for anybody, really, if you think about it. Well, he had no job. Now he has a job and he lives instead of living in a rat hole, he's living in a priceless uh, mid-century modern where all of life's jo- uh, joys are waiting for you. I mean, this. I remember sitting down to watch this movie, and I literally said, "This must take place in the future. Like that's going to be the reveal. That not only is it not the '50s or '60s or whatever, it's actually in the future." And I'm like, maybe they're on Mars. I started to like postulate all this kind of ridiculous stuff. It's, a, it's the new Martian Chronicles. Because you figured, basically, without having seen any of it, you kind of knew what it was about. Truly, when you walk in the door, there's no surprises. There's no mysteries about this. It was really just a question of how are they going to land this plane, right? We know where the destination is. We know where this is headed. But what's what, what's going to be the details? What are the minutia about this world, essentially? I mean, it was interesting that it's expanding because there's a lot of talk about new houses being built. They're building more and more and more. Right. So. So is 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 this? I mean, more proud boys or whatever. The hol- <laughs> I mean, it's the the more proud boys. It's it's the hollow deck. It is. Right. Yeah. Now, have you? I didn't see the Jewish people. Now, would Kanye approve or not approve? I, who who's to say with Kanye after all? <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish. But Beyonce should have won. Uh, anyway, good times. Any last thoughts before I look at behind the scenes? Well, we got all kinds of behind the scenes. We do indeed. We're 40 minutes into this, so we're just getting started on this. Here we go. Behind the scenes. Uh, the hilltop headquarters of the Victory Corporation is the iconic Volcano House in the Mojave Desert community mm-hmm. of Newberry Springs, California. Been there. And it used to be owned by Huel Hauser before he donated it oh, to the Chapman University. Oh, that was my hook for you, damn it. Oh. Well, you also, that was my hook. I'm like, Huel Hauser used to live there. And that's only relevant for people who live in Southern California. What was his show called? <laughs> California Gold? California Gold. Oh, was it on PBS? Explored. Yeah, and Newberry Springs is also where they filmed Baghdad Cafe. Oh, there you go. Like literally in the middle of the vast wasteland of the desert. I stopped in the bag. You could stop at the Baghdad Cafe in Newberry Springs. It's run by meth heads, but it is full of Asian and European tourists. Good times. And And you. And me. Frank, the Victory Project's leader, is shown living in the Kaufman House, which is one of the most well-known mid-century homes in the world. And... Uh, in other movies or other TV shows, they had shown the exterior of the house, but this is the first time that they had shown the interior of the house. Like it had ne- the interior had never been revealed uh, in any movies or TV shows. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And then there was a story. It, it's it's done by a famous architect. Okay. Uh, was it, is it Nutria? Nutria. I, I don't think it's Nutria. Nutria. But okay. <laughs> it's the rat. But it's like it's like that. There are a couple of his houses here. Okay. And that originally for the Kaufmans, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright had done other work. Okay. For the family. And so they were considering having him build this house. But they thought that, God damn it, I thought it wasn't, it, it, it sounds like Nutria the Rat, but it, it's not correct. Anyway, this one, Frank Lloyd Wright announced that this house was perfect and perfect for its location. Oh, very cool. Where is it located in PS, by the way? Do you know? I don't know. You have to call Mommy. Mommy used to go play tennis there. Ask her, Mom! <laughs> oh, no, she's not here. What in the hell is happening? Olivia Wilde, who directs the movie and plays Bunny in the movie, was originally going to play the main character. And she switched it. Right. She switched it to Florence Pugh after she saw her in Midsummer and realized it would be better if to have a younger, um, like, main character couple instead of Olivia Wilde's old ass. Florence Pugh kicked butt. She was dynamite. She was good in Midsummer. She is she is really good. She truly is. Yeah. Harry Styles. Uh, yeah. He's all 
I mean, really, he, he didn't have to do much acting. It's Florence Pugh. It's Florence Pugh. He has to perform moral sex and look good in, his, in suits and do a And he did act. that. That's all you need. He did it. And he did it. Olivia Wilde cited... You can do all of it together. That would have been interesting. Olivia Wilde cited Inception and The Truman Show as influences on this film. As if The Stepford Wives was not an influence on the film. Shut up. It's like ridiculous. Not at all. She's like, The Stepford what? I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of it. It was like... Never heard of it. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, (laughs) Originally, The Neighbor Who Commits Suicide was supposed to be played by Dakota Johnson. But she backed out due to scheduling conflicts and was replaced by Kiki Lane. So there you go. Well, she is also a terrible actress, so that could contribute. Um, Reports of conflict among the cast circulated the media for weeks leading up to the film's premiere. I got all kinds of dirt on that. Let's see what you got. Harry Styles was reportedly Olivia Wilde's first choice for the role of Jack, but because of his touring schedule, couldn't couldn't commit. So she cast Shia LaBeouf, which, as you can see, obvious, right? They're basically the same person. <laughs> um, so ridiculous. He was cast, and then he was replaced again with Styles in September 2020 when his tour was postponed due to COVID. Now, there's all sorts of questions about why Shia LaBeouf was was shown the door. There was talk that he had conflict with Florence Pugh. Uh, (laughs) Olivia Wilde claims that uh, he was just a destructive uh, force on the set and had to get tossed. Of course, Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh had issues with each other, evidently. Wait a minute. Let's not get ahead. Go ahead. I have information about the Shia LaBeouf. Hit it. So I, he, there had been some sexual assault charges. Yes. And I think, I think that Florence Pugh was uncomfortable, but she was already having conflict with Olivia Wilde because um, Olivia Wilde announced that they were firing Shia LaBeouf because what what did I put down here? They wanted a a safe work. Right. uh, And that she has a zero asshole policy. Shia LaBeouf, right. He has texts from Olivia Wilde that he he let loose saying, uh, don't give up. We want you. You're our first choice. Asking him to stay. Florence will come around. Asking him to stay. Asking him to stay. Florence will come around. And then two minutes later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So he, his story is, and he has like texts and video to prove that he was not unceremoniously fired. Like instead it was like he left of his own accord or something. It, it's all, all over the map. It is all, it's all, all over the map. It's like, who knows what's going on? But like Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh had such conflicts that Florence Pugh didn't really promote this movie at all. Well, they they couldn't have a safe and trusting environment with him around, is what uh, Olivia Wilde announced. Yeah. Meanwhile, he has texts saying, "Please, stay please stay from her." Right, exactly. Good lord. Now, there's also the drama of the fact that uh, basically Olivia Wilde dumped Jason Sudeikis for Harry Styles during the filming of this movie. Boom. They said it was so uncomfortable that Jason Sudeikis was visiting the set with the kids. Meanwhile, Wild and Styles were getting it on every chance they could. So everybody felt very uncomfortable. And then I think uh, Florence Pugh, besides the Shia LaBeouf, was feeling uncomfortable about all the sex scenes, that, that she had reduced her role to just one sex scene after the other. There is a lot of that. There is a lot of that. Yeah. Um, anywho, it's, it's anarchy. I mean, it culminates with Harry Styles. He may or may not have spat on Chris Pine. (laughs) Oh, I missed that. That's why he's, uh, not, not promoting either. I'm pretty sure Chris Pine could take apart Harry Styles. You may be right. No, but they said that was, it was just, at that point, it had reached kind of a ridiculous level. So there's really... I think it was Chris Pine came out. I was like, no one spit on me. <laughs> it was all a joke. It's like nothing like that happened. It's like you have to watch like the clips where it's like like anything you can look at where it's like people like acting up, throwing towels. Who knows what's happening at the uh, 
Well, Palm Dior. it's a lot of drama for what is, in effect, a very expensive B-movie. Right. And well, and you wonder if anybody would have given a damn about Don't Worry Darling if it wasn't for all the drama. Well, I think that's part of it, because I was curious about it, because I, I follow all, all this nonsense on, on Twitter. So they're at the Biennale, they're all over Europe promoting yep. it, and they're like, but so-and-so ain't here, someone's at where's Florence Pugh, the star of the right. show, who is, not, who is promoting Dune 2, but not this. Questions, questions. And you know, that's, you know, that's going to be a piece of how dare you, first of all. <laughs> Let me stop you right there. Uh, Harry, Harry Styles is uh, replacing the, the Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> first of all, his name's not Kyle what? McLaughlin. Oh, boys. <laughs> People accuse me of, I'm like mansplaining constantly, pronunciation <laughs> issues. Could be, could be. I've Thank heard it both ways. Styles. I've heard it both ways. Thank, uh, thank you, Master. I know I shouldn't contradict you. Please, you please do not contradict me. <laughs> uh, Olivia Wilde said that Chris Pine's character, Frank, is based on psychologist and author Jordan Peterson. If you know who Jordan Peterson yeah. is. No, I know who Jordan Peele is. I would have preferred... <laughs> it would have been a that. different movie. It was based on Jordan Peele. That's for sure. Who the f Jordan Peterson. He's kind of a, of a favorite of the alt-right community, let's say. Although Brian, our brother, who's not a member of the alt-right community, feels that he gets a bad rap. So who's to say? Is he the guy with the, the eye patch who's kind of sexy? With an eye patch? No. <laughs> not that I'm aware of. Who knows? What the hell's his name? Jordan Peterson. Jordan. Don't Google anything Jordan. right now. I am. Oh, this was something that I looked at, which I didn't even notice. So there's a scene where Jack tells Alice not to make tuna salad for the dinner party and reacts with revulsion when Alice tells him she was planning on making it the main course. In the real world, Jack is shown subsisting on canned tuna for his meals when he has to leave the victory simulation. So that's what he's... Still hasn't learned how to cook. <laughs> Still can't put a hungry man Still in the Still can't do it. He's eating like a cat. Um, there were many references to Alice in Wonderland in this movie. The character's name being Alice, the fantasy world which she unwittingly enters into, the prominence of windows and mirrors, like through the looking glass, and lastly, the neighbor Bunny may be a subtle reference to the iconic White Rabbit. Is that possible? Yeah, so subtle, it, it really doesn't even matter. That's that's a reach. I think Olivia Wilde leaked that. Names of the couple, Shelley and Frank, are likely a reference to Mary Shelley in her classic novel, Frankenstein. Could be. Maybe or what? Uh, I, I, are these just your muses? These are just my... <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's muses. Just making up shit. I think that's all we need to know. Shall we look at the... Since we're going two hours into this, let's look at the cast, shall we? A two-hour tour. Two Doodly? Yes. Uh, Olivia Wilde is the director of this movie. She's only directed one other thing, Booksmart, which I think I remember enjoying. I'm trying to remember. I saw it a while ago. Yeah, yeah. I think our sister mentioned that, that she's just a bad director, but this book smart was okay. Uh, she was in, as an actress, Tron Legacy, uh, The Incredible Burt Wonderstone. Don't worry. She was in House. That's all you need. She was House MD. Uh, let's yeah. see. And let's talk about the rest of the cast. Florence Pugh. Pugh is a very unfortunate name, by the way. That, what a, that's a rough one. There are worse things. I used to live next to these people. The last name was Pig. Two yep. that That's not good. Um, that's a name that needs to die. Florence Pugh was in The Falling. Marcella. Nope. Lady Macbeth. No. The Commuter. No. These are movies I have not no. seen. She was in Midsummer. She was in yes, Black Widow. She was in Fighting with the I Family. I told you. Wait a minute. Stop when you're stop your mouth. I will not. I told I was in Stockholm for midsummer, and and these Australian dudes were like, "When do we start pushing the old people <laughs> off the cliff?" We're like, "Yay!" <laughs> right now. Right now. Harry Styles, uh, you know him from Dunkirk. He was in Don't Worry, Darling. He was he was a writer in Love Simon. 
and he was in the Eternals as Eros. Oh, you forgot your new fa- favorite. <laughs> and, and my policeman, the romantic comedy <laughs> of the summer. Uh, let's see. Chris Pine played Frank. You know him from Star oh, Trek. Jordan Peterson, custodian of the patriarchy. Yeah, that's him. That's him. Yeah. Uh, Chris Pine played Captain Kirk in the two, or excuse me, the three newer uh, Star Trek movies. Uh, he played Steve Trevor in the Wonder Woman movies. And uh, I think that's and a few other things. Uh, let's see. Anybody else you want to know about? Any other cast members? Because there's a million of them. Jordan Peterson breaks down in tears when asked about Olivia Wilde calling him a hero to the incel community. <laughs> He's like, sure, why not? <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. He did not like that. Okay, I'm not talking about the rest of the cast. Except, except he's not an incel. He's married to a doctor. Jordan Peterson, yeah, is not an incel. Do as I do, not as no, I no, say. No. I mean our characters. Our characters. You're right. Well, yeah, you're right. But he's still a loser, isn't he? <laughs> still a loser. He still looks like a dark-haired riffraff. He does indeed. Uh, should we talk he about... cat food. His brown teeth must just... Just reek of two. That's lovely. It's like cat breath. Cat breath. Let's talk about the rating. Are you ready? All right. It currently has 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know what the audience gave it? Take a guess. What? All right. 47. 74. Yeah, see, I don't think it's so terrible. I mean, I'm glad I didn't bother to see it at the theater. It's perfect for, like, you're avoiding your chores, as what I did. <laughs> Let the dishes wait for two hours, and I'm going to lay on my couch under a blankie and just watch it. No, it was... It's perfect Look, that. it was well what, done. What did Grace say? Two thumbs She up. loved it, of course. All the Harry Styles fans loved it. It's, it's very well done. I think the biggest issues are with the script. Truly. Yeah, there's so many holes. I mean, it starts off bang. I mean, it's it's visually a, a feast for it the It really eyes. is. You're like, wow. It really is. It really is beautiful. Uh, let's look at the... Palm Springs going to get a real bump out of this. Let's look at the top critics, shall we? Richard Roper of the Chicago Sun-Times says, A cheap... Oh, he's the... Go ahead. He's the guy I'm not supposed to make fun of, right? No, that's Leonard Malton. Uh, A cheap parlor trick, Pew gives her all to even the weakest scenes, but leading man's style struggles to keep up. Two out of four. Boom. Uh, We call that a failure. Amy Nicholson from Film Week. It's a fun movie to just think into and think, all right, you're not telling me anything new, but you're telling it to me very stylishly. That's a positive review, evidently. So there you go. I don't disagree with that, by the way. Uh, Let's see. Peter Travers of ABC News. All the drama seems to have happened off camera for director Olivia Wilde and stars Harry Styles and Florence Pugh. What's on screen is a glossy, repetitive retread of the Stepford Wives with a dash of the Truman Show and no discernible personality. Boom. I mean, I know we're all creatives, people, and we get our, our juices get flowing, but it's a business. Keep your your messy trash out of your Absolutely. Business. Somebody made the point, and this is a good point, is like not even that long ago, they made um, Get Out. Get Out was kind of a, a, a more creative uh, addition to the Stepford Wives, you know. A hundred percent. As soon as I saw that, this is a, this is a, 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 a legitimate twist yes. on the Stepford Wives. Not just an almost complete remake. Right. And with a twist at the end. And, and we're all geniuses. And, and that's the thing. How about it's really the Matrix? And then maybe we'll have a razor blade on a mirror. And then that's how Florence Pugh will go. Well, and, and when you go see Get Out for the first time, you don't know what's waiting for you. You don't know no. what it's about. When you see Don't Worry, I, Darling. I nailed this. Yeah, I nailed it. On the just the first two minutes of the trailer, I'm like, Stepford Wives. First two minutes of the trailer, exactly. Yeah. No, the trailer's only two minutes long. 
So, I mean, absolutely. No question. No question. Okay, what is your rating, Aaron? I am going to give it... I'm trying to think about this because I don't hate it. Right. And like I said, it's a good rainy day movie if the kids are not there. Unless you like your kids watching Harry Styles going down on folks. Um, <laughs> Repeatedly. I'm going to give it two and a half Harry Styles looking like riffraff eating uh, <laughs> tuna out of a can and offering me oral pleasures. Out of five. Um, I'm, I'm going to give it two Harry Styles doing the crazy Pinocchio dance on the stage for no goddamn reason. No explanation. <laughs> Harry, you got a big promotion. Why don't you dance around on stage for a few minutes? A little soft shoe. Uh, out of five. I thought, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. It's not a total train wreck. But it is very much a retread of things we've seen done more effectively in the past. So there you go. But Florence Pugh, we're going to see. Florence Pugh is is great. They're not wrong when they're saying every scene, she is so freaking intense. You can see like the veins in her head, her eyes are bugging. It is. Say Florence. No question. No question. Um, So there you have it. Thank you very much. Go to our page on Twitter at TPodcastTWDie. Go to our page on Facebook at the podcast that wouldn't die. Aaron, are we on Instagram? Indeedly do. We are on Instagram. You know what it's called? What? It's the podcast that wouldn't it's die. Shocking. Are we on TikTok? <laughs> Shut your mouth. I'm talking about Shaft. Are you on TikTok? Or are we on TikTok, I should say? How dare you, sir? We are on the Ticker Talker. And once again, the podcast that wouldn't die. Good times. See me discover filters on TikTok. It's, it's quite unsettling. Them. Or overuse them. <laughs> it is quite unsettling. Some of these filters are disturbing. <laughs> to say the but least. I, but I find them hysterical. You can also email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at Gmail. Gmail. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere the finer podcasts are available. So don't forget to like, share, rate, review, won't you? Aaron. Won't you please? Won't you be my neighbor? Aaron, do you have your own social media you'd like to share? I have much media. My media is the Insta. I am the cult of Aaron. Join the cult. Not as expensive as Scientology. I can give you a deal. And also, uh, don't feed the pigeon. Beautiful. You know you want to see that. And then, you know, the holidays are approaching children. And uh, I'm going to start sponsoring uh, our own podcast, Kevin, so get ready. Uh, for those holiday hard-to-shop people, please head on over to Artsy and First Dibs. And buy my Polaroid enlargements. Show someone you care by sending me money. Show Aaron how much you care. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Winter solstice. Absolutely. Solstice. That's right. Good times. Next week, we're going going back to Shudder. I think we're going to have to. This was the (laughs) Mario Bava Italian Giallo Classic. It's, it has many names. Bay of Blood, Twitch of the Death Nerve, Carnage, Chain Reaction. These are all titles for the exact same movie. So check it out. Uh, Wait, is the Death Nerve the same nerve that like Spock pinches? Is that the Death Nerve? Does it twitch? Does it twitch? I guess only Spock will know. And now he's <laughs> with Jesus. That is true. Um I was, well, I was telling Aaron this. I saw uh, the 100 scariest movie moments on Shudder over the Halloween season. And Edgar Wright, the famed director who did uh, One Night in Soho, uh, Shaun of the Dead, other things as well, like talked about this movie as being so bonkers and off the wall that we have to do it. So check it out. Bay of Blood. Do you know... We have never done Shaun of the Dead. We have to add it to the list. 
Add to the list, no question. I have an amusing anecdote. <laughs> Guess who was in town? Guess who was in town eating at my favorite Mexican place in, in Bakersfield? Edgar Wright? Guillermo del Toro. Did you say what's up? I said, what's up, brother? Except I wasn't there. I saw it on social media. Yeah. Social it, it made It made the news on all channels. It made every social media... Uh, everybody at Nuestro, Mexico, were like, ah! So I have no idea why Guillermo, and he posted it on the Twitter, cheese and chorizo. <laughs> I love Guillermo. Anywho, so check that out. Send in any comments, questions, favorite scenes, favorite quotes, and maybe we'll talk about it on the show. So good times had by all. So thank you very much, and be well. And again, kids... Fentanyl, no. Weed's legal in the state of California, so everybody needs to stop taking the fentanyl. This is a PSA. Oh, and one last thing, when I got into the car, Rex Smith, you take my breath away, was on, on 70 on 70. And you take my oh, breath Kevin. away. <laughs> I knew you would appreciate and that. And you don't know what to say. <laughs>